Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. It's Wednesday the 4th of December coming up. Hustings event in Kent's most marginal seat. Well, if there's one seat in Kent that has attracted more interest than any other, it's Canterbury. Virtual trip to the moon raises awareness for refugees. What it tries to engender in the person who's experiencing it is that sense of displacement, that sense of being away from home, that sense of being lost. And all four nominees share Turner Prize. They just felt that actually what is more important is to say, OK, we'd rather make a statement of solidarity rather than it being about one winner. Kent Online News. Well, first up today, the candidates hoping to be elected in one of the most marginal seats in Kent will be coming under the spotlight later. A special hustings event is taking place in Canterbury, where Labour's Rosie Duffield is taking on Anna Firth of the Conservatives, Claire Malcolmson, who represents the Lib Dems, and independent Michael Gould. Well, our political editor, Paul Francis, is hosting the event tonight at Westgate Hall. Well, if there's one seat in Kent that has attracted more interest than any other, it's Canterbury. The reason is that Labour won this seat against all the odds and all the pollsters' predictions back in 2017, ending a 100-year period in which the seat had only ever had a Conservative MP. However, Rosie Duffield, who won for Labour, has a majority of just 187, a wafer-thin majority which the Conservatives are confident they can overturn. Now, one of the key issues in the campaign has been the fate of the Kent and Canterbury Hospital, with the Conservatives claiming that it is on a list of 40 projects which will see new hospitals across the UK if the government is a Conservative government. Now, the future of the Kent and Canterbury Hospital is amongst the topics which are expected to be raised during a hustings event in the city later tonight, where the three candidates from the three main parties are expected to have to find answers to questions from a 350-strong audience. And the fact that so many people have signed up to attend this Hustings event probably indicates just the level of interest there is in the outcome on December the 12th. The Hustings event has been organised by a charity called BMIX, which seeks to help disadvantaged groups in and around the Canterbury area. As Paul mentioned, the Kenton Canterbury Hospital has been a hot topic recently. The latest person to get involved is the Shadow Health Secretary, who says it should be rebuilt. Labour's John Ashworth has visited the city and said healthcare provision there needs a rescue package, which would ideally be a new Kent and Canterbury. Prime Minister Boris Johnson previously claimed a new one would be built, despite it not appearing on a list published by the government. Kent online reports. Away from the election and a man's been locked up indefinitely for stabbing his dad to death after being wrongly released from a high security mental health unit in Kent. Jonathan McMillan was being treated at the Signet Hospital in Maidstone after he was assessed as being a high risk to the public in May this year. But the 28-year-old was discharged less than three weeks after arriving and travelled 350 miles to his home in Barrow where he attacked his father. A review into the the case is now underway with NHS England. 
A Sittingbourne man's denied causing the deaths of two people in a crash which closed the A20 near Swanley for more than 12 hours. The men died when they went to help the driver of an overturned car following the collision, which involved seven vehicles on the London-bound carriageway in November last year. Andre Robinson, who's 39 and from Bruges Court in Kemsley, has denied causing death by careless driving and is due to go on trial in March. Ten teenagers have been charged after a German student was attacked while on a graduation break in Canterbury. You might remember 17-year-old Daniel Ezzedine spent three months in hospital following the assault in Rose Lane in June. Well, a group of nine boys and a girl aged between 14 and 18 have all been charged with GBH with intent and violent disorder. They've been bailed to appear in court in January. Police have been called to a college in Tunbridge following reports of a man with an axe in the car park. Officers were sent to West Kent College yesterday afternoon. A spokesman has said no one was hurt and it's now being dealt with by police. Kent Online reports. Next, and it's hoped taking a virtual trip to the moon will help us realise what it's like for a refugee to have to leave their home. Visitors to Canterbury Cathedral are being given the chance to wear VR headsets and experience being in a completely alien environment. It's estimated there are a record 26 million refugees globally, and it's hoped projects like this will help us have more empathy. Reverend Dr Jonathan Arnold from the cathedral has been telling us more. We have a partnership uh, this advent with Christian Aid, who have given us this virtual reality installation where we anyone can come to Canterbury Cathedral and experience what it's like to be on the moon. And this is a five minute uh, experience and um, it's slightly oblique, but what we uh, what it tries to engender in the person who's experiencing it is that sense of displacement, that sense of being away from home, that sense of being lost. Because in our society today, in our world, there are over 40 million people who've been displaced from their homes. And our refugee officers here uh, work with Syrian families or those who've travelled from the Middle East or maybe Africa. And they've lost their homes, their families, their loved ones, their money, and they're trying to find a better life. We hope that they will realise the the tremendous work that is going on to help those people who suffer uh, because of conflict and violence and because they are refugees. We hope that they will be able to contribute uh, financially or in other ways to our refugee projects and we hope that they will realise that the Diocese of Canterbury is actively engaged with those who are the poorest and the most marginalised in our society today. They may well not be expecting this when they come to one of the most ancient buildings in our country today, but I hope that they will really enjoy coming to this uh, St. Augustine's Chapel here, which has been here for many hundreds of years, and enjoying the latest technology and the latest virtual reality experience. We're focusing on this season of Advent in these few weeks that lead up to Christmas and the weather gets colder, to just really focus on those people who have no homes, who have no warmth at night, whose families live out in the cold and our projects here in Kent and in northern France help to alleviate the suffering of those people to help them uh, gain somewhere uh, to live and to find some kind of sense of home.
Dominica Pecorora is the refugee projects officer for the Canterbury Diocese. The job that we do with refugees is multi-leveled. So we work with family, uh, senior refugee families, as well as we raise awareness on asylum and refuge with school children. Uh, we work with local and central government. We are very much involved in community sponsorship. Um, I have had the privilege of being uh, elected as member of the National Community Sponsorship Council um, and so we work together with the Home Office, other community sponsorship groups and reset and look at the future of community sponsorship uh, beyond 2020. Empathy goes a long way and we need people to experience what set with 25.9 million of refugees do experience um, every day. Um, getting outside of their comfort zone, getting their life changed, getting war and persecution uh, forced upon them. Um, and it's uh, without empathy, uh, it's very unlikely that people would actually understand that asylum and refugees are human rights because everyone can be in that situation, it can happen to all of us. Unfortunately, where there is war and famine, there are people forcing to leave their countries. We work with Syrian uh, refugees because they come under through community sponsorship or through the vulnerable person resettlement scheme, as well as um, people coming um, because of the conflict, uh, fleeing the conflict uh, in Syria. We know that Syria has been uh, a host country for many refugees coming from Palestine, Iraq, and we do have uh, people coming from Palestine. From uh, We have Kurdish people, we have Iraqi people, we have Iranian people coming from that scheme. Um, as you know, um, that doesn't, it doesn't end there. We have lots of young people uh, going through a very dangerous journey crossing the channel. Uh, we have people from Eritrea, we have people from Iran, we have people from Iraq, we have people from Afghanistan, and, 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 uh, the, and we have um, people from Somalia. And the, we can, so unfortunately the list goes on and on and on. Um, would you do the same? I would do the same if I, I uh, we're living in a in a place torn uh, with war where my family couldn't be fed my children died I would uh, I would flee sometimes I imagine myself uh, knowing that the safest place to go it's the most alien uh, to me uh, let's say that let's swap places and let's flee to Syria without any knowledge of Arabic any knowledge of the costume, any knowledge of how the system worked there and with the family or by myself. So the kind of cognitive dissonance is what I would experience, is that they would experience and this is why the diocese is there. We work with local communities, with people of faith or no faith, to try and bridge the social distance between the newcomers and the local community in a number of ways, with projects, um, with uh, um, with conferences, with everyday support, um, with prayers. You can also watch our video report at kentonline.co.uk. 
A police constable's injured his hand and had his foot run over while trying to stop a car in Maidstone. Officers were called to reports of a man stealing mail from communal post boxes in the car park behind Tesco Express off Hermitage Lane in Balming on Saturday. They then spotted the vehicle involved in the same area last night. A 49-year-old from East London has been arrested on suspicion of assault, dangerous driving and theft. A man remains in a serious condition in a London hospital following a crash between a car and a van in Ashford. The vehicle's collided near Ashford Road on Monday afternoon. Two other people have also been treated in hospital. A 33-year-old man who was arrested has now been released under investigation and police are keen to speak to any witnesses. There's been an increase in cases of norovirus across the southeast, with reports of a number of outbreaks in schools and care homes in Kent. Public Health England have told us they had 31 outbreaks in the week ending November the 24th, as compared to just 16 over the same time last year. Well, health bosses say the best way to protect against getting the winter vomiting bug is washing hands with soap and warm water. A Maidstone secondary school has been closed after a sprinkler system flooded the building. Parts of New Line Learning Academy in Borton Lane were submerged when it went off yesterday and damaged computer equipment. Teachers say they're working hard to get systems back up and running as soon as possible. One mock exam due to take place today had to be postponed. Kent Online reports. Now there was a shock twist when the winner of the Turner Prize was announced in Margate last night. For the first time in history, the award is going to be shared by all four shortlisted artists after they wrote a joint letter asking for a statement of solidarity at a time of political crisis. The nominee's work has been on display at the Turner Contemporary since September. Christina's been chatting to the gallery's senior curator, Fiona Parry. Actually, I think that's not so surprising. You know, the Turner Prize has gone through sort of shifts and changes, and that's what makes it exciting. And I think these four artists, they... You know, they met each other, they quite quickly formed a bond and and they understood even though their practices, their artwork is very, very different, there was a sort of of shared values, I suppose, between them. Um, and And, you know, at this time, you know, there is so much division in Britain, in the world, so much conflict. Um, they just felt that actually what is more important is to say, okay, we'd rather make a statement of solidarity, you know, as they put it, solidarity, commonality and multiplicity, rather than it being about one winner. Um, and so they, you know, they put that to the jury and the jury accepted, and I think unanimously the jury accepted and felt it was a very exciting move, very timely move, um, you know, that dealt with things that are happening in the world. You know, art needs to respond to what's happening in the world, otherwise it's in a bubble. Um, and so I think that felt the right thing um, and, and also that it was, it was right for their work. You know, that's what their work is about politics, it's about social concerns. I mean, they're all very aesthetic. You know, a lot of the experiences are very sensory. You know, there's these incredible figures from Oscar, Thai sculptures, um, you know, Helen, it's, all, it's all very sort of aesthetic and, and quite immersive. Um, but there's really strong political and social ideas underpinning everything they do. Um, you know, like I said, it, it was quite a, a big shock. It's never been done before. Yeah. Um, well, as you do with anything, yeah. um, there has been kind of a, a bit of a, a division. I think most people have actually supported it. Yeah. You have sort of seen it. some people say, you know, the turn, don't agree with it. You know, yeah. Do you think actually, you know, that's the whole point, you know, the, the prize is kind of known for being contemporary and, and for, for shocking people. I, I mean, absolutely, you know, not everyone's going to agree with it and that is absolutely fine. Everyone is entitled to their opinion, that's what makes it interesting. 
And exactly, the Turner Prize, you know, as I said, it's been running since 1984, um, and it's remained relevant. You know, that's that's a long time to do that. Um, and yeah, I think it's good that the format's shaken up and it's questioned. Um, you know, and it's happened before. There's been things in the past. You know, I mean, the age limit was lifted because it was considered to be, you know, very much like young artists. But actually, artists can be making cutting-edge artwork in their nineties. Um, so it's always changing. And yeah, I think it's good that it creates debate. I think it's good that people, the artists, you know, put forward what they really believed in. And, and that people have different opinions on that. A Tunbridge-based cook has dedicated his Chef of the Year award to his late mentor, Gary Rhodes, who passed away last week. Scott Goss, who owns Verdigree in the High Street, trained in Broadstairs before working for the celebrity chef at his restaurants in London. He's described him as a perfectionist who gave you confidence to ask for help. It's the final day of a strike that's affected lectures at the Uni of Kent. Members of the University College Union have walked out over the past eight days in a dispute over pay and work conditions. When they do go back, they'll be working to contract and won't do anything extra like covering colleagues who are off. And Kent Town has been named among the top 10 happiest places to live in Britain. Sevenoaks is ninth on the list based on a survey by Rightmove, which looked at things like community spirit, safety and friendliness of locals. Hexham in Northumberland got the top spot with Tunbridge coming in at 22nd. That's it for now, but for more news throughout the day and overnight, head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.